When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the PHNX Sun Devils postgame show brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app. America's top rated sportsbook app this week by just $1 on any NFL game. I hope you didn't tonight because that was a, a bizarre one, or you would have won anyway. Um, you get $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. Um, just as weird as the game was this one, uh, ASU beats GCU 67-62. to Final score, ASU moves on to become 4-6 and six on the year. GCU falls to 8-2. and two. I'm here with Mike Luke, who usually covers our uh, U of A beat, but today he decided to join the lesser of the two basketball teams today. How are we doing, Mike? Dude, of a shade, I'm, I'm stoked to be here. Was a, uh, I always enjoy watching Sun Devil basketball, and I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll with some thoughts here. Yeah, it was it was definitely an ASU basketball game to say the least. Uh, only shot three for twenty from the three point line. I think that's the most glaring stat for me because it's a team that lives and dies by the three, and they should have died by the three tonight. But uh, GCU wouldn't let them. Uh, GCU decided to they wanted to shoot as well. They shot twenty five percent from the three. Um, overall, I thought it was a good defensive performance from the Sun Devils. I think that's the best thing I saw out there tonight. But um, what are your thoughts, Mike? You know, it, it's weird when you look at ASU. I, I've never really felt with with Herm or not, excuse me, Herm with Bobby Hurley that the uh, <laughs> right same the, thing, right? That that the uh, the parts really equal what the sum should be. And watching this game, watching this game, it's that I mean, this was this was a a fun but a difficult game to watch because offensively, yeah. when both teams are shooting thirty one percent from the field, mm-hmm. that's just that's just not easy. I look at it out there, though, and I think to myself that you've got a guy like Kamani Lawrence, who is a really good player. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But then you look across the court and you look at some of the guys for Grand Canyon that are some of their big parts and their Phoenicians. You know, you look at a Holland Woods, yeah. you look at a, a Jovan Blackshear, guys like that. And I always think to myself when it comes to, you know, ASU, if you can just kind of keep the homegrown talent home. And again, you guys had Holland Woods, so that yeah. – uh, you know, that certainly speaks to that. But it, it's a program that I think should be better than it is. Um, Bobby Hurley is always fascinating for me to watch because obviously this isn't a good year for them. But yeah. it always feels like that he has enough talent in there to kind of get into the play play-in game. So it's kind of like play-in game you, if that makes any sense. <laughs> that should be the new slogan. Um, no, you're, you, hit it, you, hit it, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, this team – it's, it's bizarre to me. It's this, kind of the same thing every year. Uh, this one's a little different because they're still trying to figure out who that guy is. There's no more Remy Martin to bail you out whenever you need a bucket. Um, and DJ Horn has been that guy at moments. Jay Heath has been that guy at moments. Marion Jackson should be that guy, but still he cannot find his shot. Me and Jacob were talking. I think he just has the yips from deep or something. Uh, he missed a layup last game. He had some pretty bad misses today, but not from the free throw line. He was eight for eight. Um, and that was a huge improvement for the Sun Devils. They were hovering around 91%, I believe, um, from the free throw lines. You know, 
You know what, Shane? Like uh, Jackson to me was really going to be the key to your guys' success this year. In that you yep. look at his background, obviously coming over from Toledo, eighteen points, six rebounds, five assists. I think you don't really need him to be like a conference player of the year type guy, but you needed him to be a guy that was going to be kind of a staple of the all, you know, on the all pack 12 team. And that really so far, just that really just hasn't happened to me. There were two guys that were really going to be kind of the linchpins to ASU success. And it was going to be Marion Jackson and it was going to be Marcus Bagley. And obviously like Marcus Bagley is taking a page out of Marvin Bagley's professional career and that, it doesn't seem like he plays very much. So, you know, I mean, it's those were the two guys that I think really needed to be linchpins. And so far, that just really yeah. hasn't occurred. Yeah, and, and that's something that's a little bit encouraging if you're a Sun Devil fan is that GCU is not a great team to beat by any means. I mean, they're, they're not bad, but they're not a huge team to beat. Um, right. But they're still beating them um, regardless. I mean, they're a tough, they're a tough team. Uh, Remy Martin had to bail them out last year on a buzzer beater. Um, you're doing this without – uh, some of your best players playing, not playing very well on the court, and you're without your quote-unquote best player. Well, I thought Kamani Lawrence was the best player tonight, though. 14 points and 14 rebounds. Um, he's just an animal. There were some fun moments shared between him and his old roommate, Tayshawn Cherry. Uh, right. Tayshawn Cherry was picking, picking him up yeah, half court the whole time. Um, drew a charge against him, had some words to say. They talked at the free throw line. Uh, obviously, Cherry ended up fouling out. Only shot two for 11 from the field, but yeah, not much has changed with him since he left ASU, I'd say. You know, one thing that I will say about uh, – one thing that I'll say about um, Kamani Lawrence is that's the one guy on the ASU roster, and I was talking with some people watching the game, that feels like he could play for about anybody. Now, again, it feels like he's yeah. been there for eight years. I think it's only seven. Yeah. But um, he's he, – He's a guy. He's a guy that can do a little bit of everything, though. For you, you know, he can get some rebounds. He's got a decent handle for his size. He can score a little bit. He's a good player. I think the the thing, though, that when you look at the ASU roster, is they're just short on guys like that, though, that have been there for three years, that have been there, you know, two three years, and have been able to kind of, you know, see that. Uh, you know, that maturation that you've seen up close, you know, you personally with Kamani Lawrence. And I think that's a little bit of probably uh, the concern, but I think at this point, you know, with the way that the college basketball uh, transfer portal is, you're trying to bring in as many guys as you can. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't, you know, you look at Oregon. I mean, they look terrible and they brought in a ton of guys from the transfer portal. I think with ASU, it's a little bit of the same way. It's just you got to be able to hit on these guys if you're going to be able to expect success. Absolutely. And Kamani's transition from kind of young guy when he was here is mainly defense. You kind of cringe every time he put up a jumper. Um, and now he's getting doubled uh, against Oregon last week and uh, puts up consistently good numbers, almost always has a double-double in him, um, and obviously gives you that on the defensive end. A really fired-up guy. He kind of reminds me of Pal Anderson. When he was at uh, yeah, UCLA. I don't hate that. I like that. I like that. Yeah. He does. Yeah, so go for it. No, Kyle Anderson was the guy. And sorry, Shane, this is your show. I'm my bad, dude. No, um, you're good. Go ahead. Kyle Anderson was the guy that just never looked like it should work. Like it looked like I could beat him in a suicide or it looked like I could beat <laughs> him in a, you know, like hitting the net. But somehow it does. Lawrence yeah. has got a little bit of that and that he's not overly athletic, but at the same time, kind of gets to where he needs to be able to get on the court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There was a there's some weird lineup things going on. I think uh Bobby's still trying to 
kind of figure out the right thing. They did go with the um, zero, one, two, three, four lineup. All the players' uh, numbers <laughs> were in succession. They did that for the second time um, this year. Uh, and then they started to switch some stuff up. There was a lot of foul trouble early in the game with the bigs. Um, they went with Bulashi and uh, Gaffney in at the same time a couple times in the first half. Um, they kind of stayed away from that in the second half. I'd like to see more of Jemiah Neal, I think. Uh, freshman, 6'6". Six, six, not a great scorer, obviously, but really good defender. Always brings you some energy. Um, he came in for like about 30 seconds in the second half to start, and then he came right back out. Uh, there's just some stuff to figure out with a lot of players and where they fit right now, but there's some bright spots for sure. Yeah, you know what's you know what's kind of been it was a guy that I actually liked, and I see you, Jacob. Um, what is, and I'm I'm curious to your take on this, Shane, because you obviously would know a lot more about this than me. When I saw Jalen Graham in high school, I thought that yeah. he was a guy that by the time he was an upperclassman could really be problems. And I'm not necessarily you know an an, an NBA guy, but I thought he was a guy that could be kind of thirteen six and you know, a couple blocks a game. And it just doesn't seem that that has quite happened. And you, you really need that when you play the kind of style that Hurley does, you need to be able to have that. Like, I don't want to say an enforcer, but a shot blocker that can do a lot of stuff. What's happened. What's happened there. What's gone wayside. It's, it's strange. It's kind of the encapsulation of this whole ASU team. You see crazy flashes of talent sometimes where like he puts up a, he does a dream shake and hits a 13-foot left-handed hook shot. And you're like, where the hell has that been? And then he takes an ill-advised jumper from 26 feet, and it doesn't even come close. It's strange with him. Um, I think the biggest problem for him tonight was he dyed his hair back to black. It was blonde to start the year. I was going to ask um, if that was thought, the big part. Yeah, I think that might be a big part. No, but he just – I'm not sure. He, it, it's, not, it's, not, it's not like he isn't talented. Um, you can't teach his height. You can't teach – um he's fluid he can move around yeah yeah Yeah. it's a little strange to me but i I see myself wanting to see more buachi or more gaffney uh still and i thought jalen graham was going to take this big step last year i thought he was going to take a big step two years ago um it just hasn't happened yet and i'm still waiting i I mean i think it's possible i'm just i think he just he needs to stay inside uh they started running more plays for him um in the last three or four games um, but just, I, I, he hit a jumper. I think the worst part of this year for him was, I want to say in the game against UC Riverside, he hit a 15-foot jumper. Um, and I think that gave him a little confidence that he shouldn't have right now. Um, and I think he got the green light a little more. I think he should just stay inside, uh, work on that uh, inside game, and go from there. I don't know. It's, it's strange. Let me let me one more question for you, Shane. Um, and I think Jacob Franklin, our guy who always makes us sound cool, along with Leah, in there she has. I know she doesn't want to be seen, but Leah, Leah, Jacob are awesome. <laughs> Shane's helped me out a lot as well. But Marcus Bagley was the guy going into the season that he comes back after entering the transfer portal, and he's all he's all over NBA mock drafts. He's all over. I mean, yeah. this is this is a guy that has NBA type talent. What's going on there? Like, yeah, I mean, that's my question. What's going on with him? Uh, he just – he can't find time. He can't find playing time uh, with, with injuries and all. I mean, I, I think if he if he plays this season, um, he the way they're describing it is um, they're not. <laughs> There's, you don't right. know what's, what the timetable is. And, and I think that goes with his game in general. I mean, he – I've seen flashes of him being, and that's just this team, his flashes. I've seen flashes of him shoot the shit out of the ball. I've also seen 
him go over six in a game and get hurt. I just don't know. I mean, he's, he's six, eight, only growing. Um, he, he said he was transitioning to the wing this year. Um, cause they were so undersized last year. He played more of the four, sometimes even the five last right. year. I'd like to see him at the three, but I, I just don't, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea what he's going to look like if at all, if he comes back, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting some bad feelings that we might not see him at all or toward the end. Yeah. And to me that when he announced that he was coming back, that was the one guy that at least when I was not that anybody cares what I was doing, but when I was penciling in my all pack, <laughs> my all pack 12 team. I'm like, all right, well, Marcus Bagley, ASU. And I think that's probably been a really unexpected, uh, you know, departure from what at least I think a lot of fans were expecting out down in Tempe or up in Tempe. Sorry. Yeah. It's the thing that sucks really is that this team in the first half, they played 10 deep and that's something that Hurley doesn't do often. Um, A lot of it was because of foul troubles and, I can't imagine they would be ever play nine deep if Bagley was playing. Um, cause, cause that's another basically three, four, sometimes five guy you have. Um, and with the way that all three fives have been playing, uh, I think he'd get a better shot getting to that wing position that he prefers. Um, and right. this is a good situation for him to play in. We just haven't seen it, uh, much. So we'll, we'll wait guy- patiently, but. Who's the guy, and I, I wanted to ask you this, who's the guy that you watch for ASU right now that's actually playing meaningful minutes? And you and you say, you know, he's he's the guy that we need more out of. He's the guy that could actually make ASU into a different level team than we've seen so far. Is there that guy? Yeah, um, I mentioned him earlier, Jemiah Neal. Uh, he, he sometimes has good minutes, sometimes – he reminds me a lot of uh, Jalen House when he was first here. Really raw, not much offensive skill, but always brings you that extra umph to push you over the edge. And he's like an energizer bunny. That's exactly what Jalen House was for la- last year for them. And I don't think they necessarily need a push in the right direction most of the time, but it would definitely help because this team, and I'm confident in this, I, I, I almost want to say this objectively, but it's, it's subjective. This team plays better when they play fast. Uh, Bobby Hurley no says that. Bobby Hurley want, wants them to play fast, and they just don't. They run sets, and I texted you this earlier. The only set I've seen work for them is the Princeton where they go back and back and back, and then somebody falls asleep, and Alonzo Gaffney has an open dunk. I, I don't understand why they are so set-heavy sometimes. The Most of what works is – I mean, they had like 15 blocks tonight, and all of those cause transition points. That, that's what needs to happen. So a guy like Jemiah Neal, just more minutes. Jay Heath plays good minutes when he play, comes off the bench. Um, but those two guys, especially, I, I, I want to see more of them. I think J.E. starts over Luther Muhammad here soon. I think you hit the nail on the head. The best ASU team that I've seen in recent memories or recent memory was probably the one where you had Shannon Evans and Trey Holder. Yeah. And that was that was a situation where Bobby Hurley didn't even make any bones about it. He just said, go. You know, yeah. I I got guys out here that can score the basketball. Just go. It is kind of weird watching <laughs> watching ASU under Hurley try to like run sets because it just seems like something that, I mean, you've been following, you've been following him very closely. This is a guy that essentially rolls the ball out there. I mean, that's Josh Christopher when he committed last year, essentially said that one of the big reasons I wanted to come to ASU was because he said, I'm going to let you guys go and I'm going to let you show what you can do out there. So when you see him slow the ball down and look for plays, it's, it, that's not really, I think, what Hurley is probably best at. No, and I don't, I don't think that's what he is trying to do. He said in a presser a week ago that he wants them to push the ball, and I think it's just kind of a culmination of 
him being apprehensive to go too fast and the players at the same time not knowing um, each other well enough to run a consistent break well enough. But the thing that really, really frustrates me about them not being able to get out in transition is this is the first year not only has ASU had bigs, but they have really athletic bigs. All yeah. three of them can run the court. Um, mm-hmm. And that just sets up a great transition game. And you, you see how dangerous it could be when a guy like Marion Jackson is bringing the ball up and DJ Horns in the corner and Enoch's posting up down low. And there's only one guy to defend that you, you can't do anything. And there were a couple times where Marion found DJ in the corner tonight or found Gaffney rolling the rim. I mean, he has great vision. I just, I, I want to see this team run more. It, it hurts. Horn's been a, has, what's your take on Horn? Has he been kind of a pleasant surprise for you? Because again, I haven't watched every game, but when I have, he's been a guy that's been able to fill it up from deep. I, and I think that was probably expected, but he certainly adds a different dimension that some of the other guys on the team have. Yeah, well, it's a, there were three guys that were supposed to be absolute flamethrowers. You got Marion Jackson, DJ Horn, and Jay Heath. Um, and right. Jay Heath has been okay. Uh, he had COVID at the start of the year, and he's starting to get back to his ways. He was big in that Oregon game. Marion still got the yips. He had a 17-point game uh, a couple games ago, but other than that, it just hasn't been much. And DJ Horn's been the only consistent guy. Uh, he was big again tonight. Um, he had uh, yeah. 14 points on 5 of 12 shooting. Uh, I mean, he won the Oregon game for us, essentially. Got got the Sun Devils into overtime and then made the pass to Jay Heath for the game-winning three. I wouldn't say he's a pleasant surprise because I had really high expectations for those three guys. Um, how about the people that were as How about the people that weren't as yeah. smart as Shane, though? Is, there, <laughs> is he a pleasant surprise for those folks? Well, you, you don't have to be smart to look at his stats from last year. I mean, at NIU, he absolutely lit it up. Like, he, he was the guy that was supposed to shoot the shit out of the ball, and he's done that. Um, so, uh, the, yeah, I mean, I guess he's – yeah, it's a surprise to say anything right now. It's a surprise that ASU is winning games. They're on a winning streak uh, after losing to UCR and then sliding. So, that's a surprise, I guess. <laughs> For sure. I, I look at this team, though, Shane, and I think to myself that – I look at the Pac-12 right now, and I think that there's about there's about four teams right now that have kind of you know separated themselves: UCLA, yeah. USC, Arizona, and to a certain extent, Washington State. But then after that, yeah. you know, if I'm an ASU fan, I'm looking at myself and I'm thinking, I can. You have the talent to be able to hang in that five through eight realm. And it's it's not like you're physically outmatched against these type of teams. So I think there's that as far as going forward, that outside of that top four, and again, Oregon's been crap this season. So, you know, who knows what's going on? Arizona State just beat them in Eugene. So, I mean, if you were to tell me that, you know, ASU's goal is to finish fifth or sixth in the conference, I don't know that that's an unrealistic goal, to be honest with you. No, and I, I wish that wasn't the goal that was being right now. Uh, right, <laughs> but right, in, right. in reality, it is. Uh, look, this there's just a lot to be on that, that's unknown about this team. Um, I think these two wins are going to do a lot for them moving forward. I thought they'd play a little bit better than they did tonight. Uh, not the best shooting night from some of the key guys, but I mean they showed heart. GCU isn't a bad team. It's a it's a solid win at home. Um, they were hot coming into this game. Their only loss was to uh, Wyoming, who that team down south kind of beat up pretty bad the other night. So <laughs> right. uh, not really on the same level as that. Hopefully they can get um, their conditioning, physical and mental conditioning, up before they have to go down to Tucson because that one could get ugly, Mike Luke. 
Yeah, and honestly, like I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blow smoke I'm not gonna blow smoke here. I think that's <laughs> right. The way that Arizona's playing hoop right now is just you know it's it, it's on another level. We'll find more out against Illinois, um, but right now, I mean, this is this is a team that looks like a top ten team in the country. Um, I am curious to see though, like when I watch because I, I I paid pretty close attention to just kind of the scene around you know Phoenix. Let me ask you this. You've got all the prep schools. You got all the feeder schools right there. Are you a little surprised that ASU maybe hasn't made a little bit more of an inroads in there? I know they've made some, but I mean, it seems to me like it would be an attractive place just for a kid that's going to be a one and done, a la Josh Christopher. That hey, come out here, we're rolling the ball out, play, and you'll be a first round pick. Am I wrong? No, not at all. Look, I'm I'm not surprised by anything anymore. Uh, I went to school here. Um, I enjoyed it very much. There's there's no reason you shouldn't want to come here from a location and just a fun perspective. But for yeah. some reason, they can't get the hometown guys to come here, whether it's basketball or football. Um, so no, it hasn't really surprised me because I've already accepted it. But it is strange. It, it's it's really strange. They have a couple guys on their uh, radar uh, at at the, the Hillcrests of the, of Arizona um, that are thinking about coming to ASU. We'll see if that is true. Um, but also, I don't know if you'd want to come here when Hurley's on the hot seat either. Right. How, how much is he on the hot seat? Like, or is the feeling around Tempe that, you know what, this could easily be his last year? Uh, I think a lot of fans think he's up more on the hot seat than he actually is. I don't think right. the, the, the thing that people always say is that, he, there, there's like a disconnect with the players and that is so far from true because I mean, he's a player's coach. The, the players respect him. Um, the only person that I hadn't seen respect him was Remy Martin after he, when he was leaving. Uh, but other than say. that, I, yeah, other than that, I mean, the, the, guy, the guys love him and they play hard for him. Some things don't work out underwhelming performances in the tournaments and what have you, but I, I don't think he's on that much of a hot. Look, if they would have, dropped another stinker against Oregon and then lost his game to GCU, he would have been gone after the Washington State performance. But they rallied. They 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 rallied back, and Oregon's not playing their best ball, but they still beat a good team. It doesn't matter. You go into Eugene and you beat – It doesn't matter. To me, a, a win is a win, honestly. Yeah. Um, if you go into Eugene – Hey, you want to hear a funny joke? Please. Okay. This, is, this isn't good. This is probably going to get a lot of eye rolls, but whatever. All right. So Dana Altman was born in Crete, Nebraska, the Oregon coach. I'm also mm-hmm. from Crete, Nebraska. What do you call somebody okay. that moves out of Crete, Nebraska? I'm not going to try to answer that. An excretion. Get it? Oh my god! Get it? Get it? Isn't that t- isn't that good? Shame. That's Come on, terrible. man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hated it so much. Um, I also hated the picks I made for the the Thursday night football game tonight. I took the Steelers. They ended up rallying back and only losing by eight. But if you want to bet on games like that or the game like this, ASU did cover that three-point spread on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You can just download it today using that promo code PHNX when you sign up. Bet just $1 on any NFL game this week. Get $100 in free bets if either team scores a single point this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It's reliable. You can bet on anything from ASU basketball to, I think, curling when it's available. Uh, there, there's right. everything's there. You got they got everything. Yeah, you, you got some good stuff. They got everything. So yeah, download it. They use that promo code PH next when you sign up. Get your hundred dollars in free bets when you place just one dollar on an NFL team to score a point, and they do. 
That's 21 plus Arizona only gambling problem. Call 1-800 next step. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for more details. Before we get out of here, um, I do have a segment that I do. Um, it's called the lyric of the game. Tonight's lyric of the game comes from the one and only Rick Ross. Um, this is for this is for all the this is actually sang by the players to the people that were criticizing them. He wasn't with me shooting in the gym, Rick Ross says, and then he probably went, ah. Um, but that, that's true. I mean, they don't know what's going on in the locker rooms. They don't know what's going on at practice. Um, they don't know what this team's all about. This team is so new together, um, and I, everybody that knows me knows how much I've been preaching. This team is individually talented, cohesively. It hasn't gotten together yet, and that, I'm still going to stick by that. You don't know what this team is like until you see it off the court or in practice. Uh, the games are a completely different story, especially this early in the season. You can't count, count them out yet. So I, I, I'm just going to back them. I'm just like Mike backs the A. I'm backing this team. Well, TJ Van Marder just said, I need to know that Mike Luke is back in the A. This isn't, this isn't an accident, my friend. So yes, you know, here's what I'm, here's what I'm going to say, Shane. From just a pure talent perspective, and again, I'm not going to pretend that ASU is good because yeah. – but from a pure talent perspective, when you just watch them move, when you watch them play, it's not bad. It's not like you look at them and you say, oh, my gosh, I have to watch Cal again or I have yeah. to watch Stanford again. I mean, there's some legitimately okay players out there. And again, I know that sounds condescending, legitimately okay players. <laughs> but again, this, you know, Shane, this is a team that I should think should be able to finish somewhere, you know, at least mid-level. So when you watch a game like yeah. Washington State, you're thinking to yourself, the heck's going, you know, like you're not that bad. And so yeah. that I'm, I'm curious to see how ASU – plays the rest of the season. I've thought from the beginning that your guys' entire success is going – because I'm kind of past the Marcus Bagley thing at this point. If he plays, cool. If he doesn't, whatever. Yeah. I know he's got the sixth-grade brother, Marte, who's already 6'8". We'll deal with that when he's – you know, whatever. <laughs> but Marion Jackson, to me, is the key. And that if, yeah. you get, if you get good play from him – again, I don't need 18, 6, and 6 – but if I get 13, 4, and 5, then I think that that really – that buoys you guys. But I just – you know, I haven't seen anything so far to indicate that he's going to be able to successfully do that. But to, to me, yeah. Shane, just from an outsider perspective, not knowing nearly what you guys all know, that he right there is kind of the key to the success of the season for me, at least, at least for me. Complete, completely agree. I've been, I've been preaching that this whole year. It, I tweeted before the game, is this the game we get the Mario Jackson game? Is this the game we get it? And it, and it hasn't happened yet. I, I'm confident it will happen. He has too much talent. Um, but to me, I just wish ASU basketball, instead of playing a full 40-minute game, five-on-five, five, I wish they could play one-on-one -on -one, um, each individual player because they would wreck people if it was one-on-one -on -one basketball. They love doing that. But as soon as they can't figure out their spacing, um, that's when things fall apart. And that's unfortunately how you play the sport of basketball. You have to play a five-on-five -five game. So until they can figure that out, not a lot of luck for them. Yeah, and but one other thing too, uh, a little bit of a compliment, an outsider compliment I'll give you, is I think you did hit the nail on the head. I've uh, Because I've been bothering you to be able to come on to some of the uh, Phoenix Sun Devils podcast post games. So I do appreciate you. Hope, hopefully this isn't the last time. Um, <laughs> one thing I 
One thing I will say, though, is that you do have legitimately – your bigs can move. And generally with crummy yep. team, uh, you've got bigs that are kind of stiffs. They look like six foot ten Mike Luke's out there. That it's kind of you know it's the that's plotting. terrifying sounding. Nobody ever wants to see a six foot ten Mike Luke for sure. But there's some potential there as far as shot blocker rim activity, and that's something that can give you a little bit of a margin for error. So that's something along with Marion Jackson that I would give it. And I would think to myself that I'd want to follow for the rest of the season. If I'm an ASU fan, which I'm not, but go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. Closing thoughts on the actual game. Um, this team, uh, GCU is nothing without Blackshear Hall and Woods. I think they finished with 35. No, it's 20, 37 of their total points tonight. Um, and they really willed them back into that game. Holland Woods hit a couple crazy threes. Uh, and without them, I think they are a very low-level Division One team. But with them, I think they're going to have success in the WAC, and I think this win will look a lot better near the end of the season when you see their final record. Um, Shane, yeah, anything else from you, Mike Luke? Don't minimize this. I'm only going to say this. I'm not going to say the Grand Canyon is going to play in the Final Four because, well, they're not. But Grand Canyon is not a bad basketball team, at least from what I watched there. I remember watching Jovan Blackshear when he was at Shadow Mountain, uh, you know, with all Mike Bibby, U of A grad, Mike Bibby, or not grad, but U of A. And I thought that this was a guy that was a a Pac-12 caliber player. Now, I think he's found a nice little niche there. But honestly, I think that this is a team that is a – this is a decent Grand Canyon team. And even though this game was not aesthetically pleasing, this was a good win for ASU. Yeah, for sure. Uh, look, at the end of the day, a win is a win. Um, that's two in a row now for the Sun Devils, only trending up. Uh, I, I think they're, they're, they're playing better. I mean, they scored 67 points tonight. It's better than 29. I will always say that uh, in a win. Um, they have Creighton on Tuesday, um, 6 p.m. They're, they're, they, they play at Creighton, and they come home for uh, San Francisco, who's undefeated at 10-0. That's going to be a tough matchup. They got, they got kind of a gauntlet to start the year. I'm not going to lie, Mike Luke. All right. All right, Shane. You know who used to be the coach of uh, Creighton? Dana Altman. You want to hear a joke? No. Ah. <laughs> I'm, sure <Mike laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not going to put you through that torture <laughs> again. Uh, all right, guys. Appreciate you joining us as always. Uh, tomorrow, me and Mikhail Perkins will be live from studio at 5 p.m. for a nice Friday fun day show. Um, we have a special guest joining us, so keep uh, tune in for that. Um, also, tomorrow, PH Next Daily Bet Show, me and Johnny Venerable have the director of the DraftKings Sportsbook App Operations on Johnny Avello. Um, that's at noon, so you don't want to miss that at all. That's right here on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Subscribe, turn your notifications on, leave a like. If you're listening on audio, leave a nice review about my hair. I saw one person did that. Thank you, David. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can follow me at Shane Deep. You can follow Mike at Iron Mike Luke or at PHNX underscore Wildcats. Um, you can follow the show at PHNX underscore Sun Devils. Um, and we will see you tomorrow at 5. Peace.